Testing one, two. Welcome back. Let's go. We are back. Been around the world. With the name change. We got the name change. We got some exciting uh, programs we want to talk about and just kind of where we think the future of our podcast is going. And then we'll lead that in with the Q&A after. I love it. So first off, welcome to the Look Good, Feel Good podcast. What up, what up, what up? And we are fresh off a little mini break, which we'll, we will justify. Well, we were on a break, but we weren't on a break. I mean, we were grinding. We were uh, on a break from... Speaking like this. Speaking on the podcast. Yep. But we were grinding, 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 trying to put out some exciting programs for our members that we eventually want to launch to the public. Um, you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, yeah. So first off, we took this break so we can really just focus in on providing what we set out to do right and we didn't want to half-ass the podcast so we said hey let's put the brakes on this and let's go all in on this new tracking app we got going on naples strength and conditioning tracking app um it's phase not one phase one uh we dropped it after the crossfit open i think the momentum was you know at all-time high and we felt it was a great opportunity to release this to our members and so after the last uh, workout of the Open, we said, hey, you know, it doesn't end here. What's next? And this is where we drop the hammer on this new app. We've been, you know, spending months and months mm. uh, developing and working. Uh, and yeah, no, I think the launch went great. What it is, you know, simply put, it's uh, uh, I know a lot of our listeners are already on it. So uh you know, we appreciate you, you giving it a chance and I think you're really going to love it and uh, it's only going to get better. But yeah, kind of to break it down what it is, it's a tracking app. It tracks every uh, workout you do, no matter if it's, you know, the what we're programming, what you're doing on your own an open gym. It's got that social accountability feel to it. So it's like Facebook, Instagram, but just pertaining to training. And then, you know, I, I think it's awesome. I think it's awesome. I can, you know, rant about it all day, but it really takes people to kind of get signed up for it and get a feel for it themselves. Well, you know, we believe that the bread and butter of what we do starts in our programming and putting all the time and energy into it. But what we did is we moved uh, to a position where we weren't really forcing accountability to our members, meaning, yeah, we know we, you know, we all believe our programming is good, but we believe that not only is our program going to get you fit, it's actually going to produce results. But when we got to this point of trying to – the open was that – open from the week one. I mean, that's when it started, that convo you and I hit. Like, man, they don't know their numbers. They don't know what they can or that, can't that, do. That was a huge problem. There is no self-awareness. And so we're saying not only do you got to create the self-awareness, you have to help them get to where they currently are to where they need to get. And those two factors we knew could not work in our current system because not only did we not have a tracking system, shit, I mean, we eliminated the whiteboard from the gym five, four years ago, four, four or five years ago to move to modern TV technology. But what we gave up through that was uh, some type of tracking, right? You know, that whole, what's your score today? Write it down. Like we went from doing that 
to not doing anything at all and just letting our program ride its own, hoping people were taking their own accountability. And the open was just like, man, dude, they don't, they don't even know what they can or can't do or what the logical quantifiable progression is moving forward. Because if all you got is any pushups and the workout is calling for, the open is calling for handstand pushups, you are done. You, you might as well quit because you know today you are not gonna will yourself. There's no magic cue I can give you that's gonna get you the handstand. But could I say, hey, Brett, do you know the four m movements and scales or progressions you're going to have to get to to finally get those handstands? And if they don't at least can answer it, not do it, but answer it, we're in big trouble. Yeah, and, you know, the answer to this problem is what, you know, developing some type of system to where they're seeing their progression, they're seeing themselves get better, and they know what's next. Before we had this in place before we had the new whiteboard the new tracking app all we had was some folders sitting in the corner and it had that type of inconvenience to go in there open up the folder search their name take their you know the a pen or pencil and then go back to what the numbers were right there was that storm of inconvenience so what we're doing is hey take your phone out take your smartphone out pull up the app log it right afterwards you know we'll meet together after class we'll go over it uh, as a class and just from a convenience standpoint, I mean, there's huge value there. Yeah. And we're, you know, we recognize, we keep saying this, like to build the culture of what this is like, it's like anything we've built for me to run the business as smooth as we currently do took us eight years and we're constantly changing things. So to build a culture of accountability that it's okay to put your name on the board if it's a crappy score and not be like, oh, I don't put my name on the board because I don't feel bad because it hurts my emotions like that. I don't care what your score is. Do you know what your number is? Do you know where you need to move? So that's going to take, I think it's going to take us six months to build that language back into our culture about how important that is, right? People are paying big money here. And the elephant in the room is if you can't positively as a coach in a gym, owner quantify their progress you're lying to them because they came in here in hopes if i did that crazy thing called crossfit that thing i saw on espn i'm gonna best shape of my life and neither you nor them can actually quantifiably say that without some type of marker and data and that's why we fell in love with crossfit yeah right? no definitely and you know we're putting numbers to it and it's also enabling me another um marker you know a learning curve for them i can so for example, yesterday we did five sets of three on the back squat, right? And you, we programmed this to um, track and score every every one, yep. all five. So they're saying, well, what should I do? Should I start out, you know, light and then uh, go ten from there? I said, hey, let's do this. Let's go over what you want your heaviest set to be, right? And that takes awareness mm -hmm. on where they stand, right? So my heaviest set, I want to be 275. So I said, okay, well, I would personally pick that number and then just reverse engineer. You know, I'd go, you know, 185, 205, 225, 255, finish last set, 275, right? right? right. And that's, uh, that's not a conversation we're going to have until we implemented this new culture shift on tracking and quantifying our numbers absolutely like it'd be ludicrous at this point to put percentages onto weights and movements on the board because nobody even knows their movements and you know our app will fix those percentages based on their heavy loads and that's why it's going to take six months not just to build the culture but to get the data mm -hmm. right and you know like we said creating the first of the month as benchmark week and doing building in other benchmarks so we can get data just not like you know we sell variation but that variation is also a headache when it comes to building quantifiable markers down the road 
because we have to eventually come back to some of these things. There's no such thing as one perfect workout. So we need a lot of data sets and a lot of different physical skills. It takes a long time. And that's only hoping that they come on the days that we score that, that they're actually scoring it, and that uh, they're following through on coming back to retest or otherwise, you know, and that's why I always said this, Brett, the best CrossFitters are one that have been here the longest because they create a self-awareness. They know how to get from where they are to where they want to get and they track everything. They Could track you imagine uh, Frazier asking you that question at the games? Hey, what should be, what should be my five move rights today? Like it's ridiculous. By them asking that question, we, kn they, that's, yep. they need it exactly why they need it. Yeah. And they're on it. And so from a tracking standpoint, uh, that's just part of the, you know, the pie. We also, we got this whole, um, social media aspect of it, which is awesome, man. It's, it's fun for all the members to see what the coaches are doing. It's fun to see what each other are doing. The morning class is checking on what the evening class Absolutely. is doing. The evening class is looking at the morning class. Hey, what, you know, did so-and-so do? I mean, it's just forming that Naples strength and conditioning bond uh, has increased hugely by, by that. Well, we, we called it like Facebook for, for, for athletes that you like because I think that – it, because it's only our community, it's a very positive environment, right? We create that environment because of the way we have the system set in place to screen the crap out of people. We keep people coachable and friendly throughout the process and journey at our facility. So when they're on the app, it's people they like, yep. right? It's not like Facebook, like you have to scour and screen through your politics all and all that. No, we yes. leave all that junk it's out. It's all about working out, baby. Yeah, we're smack talking. Yeah. We get to write our own posts. We get to comment on other people's posts. Dude, I, I mean, that that's to me is where we are able to extend the community because if the only time to, to build a community is in that one hour, we're never going to win, right? Because are putting more events together, how many events you got to put through the year to build that community the way we're doing like that instantaneously with the notification features that our app has and all these other things that are constantly just keeping them thinking about health and fitness. That's what we're trying to do. Yeah. And then like the biggest aspect of it is we're doing more outside just the hour long group class, right? It's keeping everyone engaged, uh, more time and yeah, no, it, it's, it's awesome. And, uh, the best way to really get a feel for it, if you're not on it, is try it. Yeah. And that's why, I mean, you know, it's the same reason why we offer free classes here. Like I, I can, I'm the salesman all day, right? Not because uh, I'm trying to take money from you. There's a transaction that eventually has to occur for my time and effort to put these programs together. But we want to get you to taste it before you ever actually have to pay a dollar. Creating the seven-day free trial was a great idea because they can touch it. There's no limitation to the features they get. This is what you see is what you're going to get. And then all of that constant communication and all the automations that we preset to, you know, educate them. It's not like, let me take your money and then good luck. We have to educate. That's what we do, right? 5% inspirational, 95% educational. We need to educate over and over and over. And our app, our feature, my favorite feature is that for every workout, yep. we get into the workout coaching tips, the strategies, our private link video, customized videos from us, all that stuff. And that's not even tapping into the other stuff we want to do, like the seminar stuff where we're actually going into 30-minute segments of the thruster and what that is and what it looks like. It they have our pre-workout warm-up. Like, there's so much we put in there uh, that uh, you can't just give in the same value in the group class. I mean, I have two minutes to describe the workout and get going. 
Yeah, no, from an education standpoint, we are demoing exactly what we want these movements to look like. We are typing in, you know, through the tips and the workout intention and strategy on how we want our workouts to go. We spend on average six hours a week programming, easily, right? Easily. So let's give them an inside look on what we're going through mentally to make this run how it runs during group class. Hey, today, this is what we want to the workout to feel like this is the intended stimulus okay then it doesn't stop there the whole pre-workout warm-up we saw there was a gap uh between people coming in and twiddling their thumbs mm. and being prepared for workout so from a preparation standpoint not only do we want to get your mind right with the the intention but we want to give you something physical to get moving that pertains directly to the workout. Absolutely. I mean, our warm-ups here, I say it all the time. That's not, like, I'm not lying to them. There's so much in group class that our warm-up is bare, bare minimum. It's just enough to get them slightly warmer than they started and to move through the joints. But at no means, like, if I had longer time to train, that I would do more myself. And that pre-workout warm-up is the pre-sweat before the sweat. And I always feel and perform better when I spend more time warming up versus like, oh, this is the warm up. Oh, okay, this is just what I have to do before I'm actually allowed to work out today. No, like we, everything we do to the moment we say three, two, one, go is to prepare you to get you as ready as possible to perform well. And if they're rushing that process or for what I feel like, just in experience, right? We believe it's our job first and foremost to promote the education. Why do we warm up? This is what you should be doing. Hey, all five of you are staring at the whiteboard. How many PVC passwords do they do to, you know, they grab the PVC because they don't want to feel awkward standing there not doing anything, but they're not, we're not even going overhead today. Why do you keep doing pass-throughs, right? And so we felt like it's our obligation to give them that, but we're also not going to like, uh, you know, beg for them to do it, right? Like you saw me today. Hey guys, I have four things in the pre-workout warm-up. Pick one, three, two, yeah. one, go. And it was five minutes before class. Those five minutes gave me a huge advantage because I didn't, have to uh, slow some other things down because I felt bad they weren't warm enough. They were sweating before I even said two words about what the workout was today. Yeah, and a quality warm up, you know, speaks loudly. From a coaching standpoint, I've been in fitness for seven years, right, professionally. So if I'm around someone that I see them doing a warm up that's like, you know, m moving through every muscle and joint there it's you know per, um consistent to what the workout's gonna be it's like okay this this guy needs business yeah. right yeah this yeah. guy's about to, to, to it. mess it up right yeah. he, he he's about to have a, a really great workout just because i see how serious he's taken on being primed and prepped for the workout right he's doing that necessary um extra step to i mean it, it speaks loudly interest is the greatest indicator of effort or excuse me effort is the greatest uh, indicator of effort. Effort is the greatest <laughs> indicator interest. of interest. And when they're putting in the effort to take an extra five to 10 minutes to do the warm up, I know they care. I, mm -hmm. You don't have to tell me. You're like, oh, I really want to get better. And then tomorrow, they don't. They show up one minute before, they dip right. You don't really care. Or I just, you got someone walking in half asleep. Dude, dude. I'm like, I don't care. Like, it's 930, guys. You cannot be half asleep right now. Come at 530 in the morning when I coach. Tell me tell me how they feel. So, no, dude, we can get talking all day. We're 15 yeah. minutes in just talking about the app. You know, let's talk more about the details of it next week. That's a great idea, Brett. Okay, yeah, sounds good. So, you know, the real uh, what we wanted to do today on our first day back on the podcast 
was to to listen to you guys and uh, answer any questions you might have. So what we did earlier is we put a post out, you shot an email out, and uh, we want to hear from you. We we want to because at the end of the day, why do we do this podcast for them, right? Yeah, we're not doing it for us. We're not I mean, making we're, any money on this. Yeah, we ain't making no money. We're not doing this for us. We already have the the uh, many times, you know, uh, we do these impromptu because we're going based on our current experience and knowledge. It's not like we go spend two hours to do research and it's raw. Right. And but, yeah, it's not for us. We're doing it uh, to create the ecosystem that we're talking about here, which is we believe that now that workout app of ours is going to create a better conversation and idea generation for a podcast. That podcast builds more value to the people on the app. And you start to build this with all our other programs and services. You got a really well-rounded fitness program. Yeah, no, that's that's great. That's your go-to is the, the ecosystem. It makes 100% sense and uh, it flows great. And you you can't take stuff out of left field, put it together and and you know, expect for it to make sense. Everything we're doing makes sense, right? It's all over that one big picture ecosystem. Thanks, man. Well, let's get started. Some of these, you know, uh, you know, and this is what I, the, one of the things I said is like, there's no dumb question because some of these are funny in general, but ultimately people are struggling with this, right? Like at the end of the day, Brett, we say this personally to our coaches. Like if you stay here six to nine months later and you didn't get any results, you didn't stay for the results. Mm -hmm. You didn't get any. You stayed for the community. You can make connections. You don't feel like intimidated by our culture here. You enjoy it. But like to me, dog, that is not enough. I don't bust my ass that hard to get up at 530 in the morning to just give people a good workout. Right. I'd be like, hey, you had a good workout today. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah. If you. Like that's like if you knew what a good workout was in general, you didn't need us in the first place, even though there's no such thing. So it's like like come, if you're going to do it, do it right and see progress. Is the progress incline and incremental like Mount Everest? No, but do you feel like you're putting in effort to hopefully get better uh, improvement down the road? I really hope so, man, because why freaking do it? And absolutely, why spend 150 a month? Yeah, no, it doesn't make sense. So I say we run it as a format. Uh, you or I ask the question, the opposite answers it, and then- Add on, whatever. Yeah, cool. add on. So you, you wanna go first? You want me to ask you? You ask me? I don't Go really ahead. care. Ask We're going to add on anyways. Yeah. Robert G. asked, my question is, why is there very little continuity in CrossFit training? For example, pull-ups and kipping work is not done every week, and neither is handstand push-ups. These are examples of two very challenging CrossFit skills which only can improve with continuous practice. I realize that there are many CrossFit exercises and see the value of changing workouts, but shouldn't some more consistency be included? Great question, G Robert G. Rob, background, he's really new. We, he's a personal training client of mine uh, that's starting a, a powerlifting competition. So he sees and understands the importance of consistency of movement and volume over time. And then when we throw him into our open, poor guy, throw him into our master's class, he doesn't get it because it's a different world. What's your answer, Brett? Uh, my answer is there is continuity. However, when we program in our group class, we are programming with the expectation for them to do more on their own, right? That's why we release these workouts a week in advance, right? Hey, this is what we're doing, but it doesn't stop there. We want you, we encourage you. There's a reason why we have open gym middle of the day, right? Um, we want you to work on these skills. We understand these skills are high skill movements and they're not in your basic fitness program, right? They're in CrossFit's mm. program and we understand that they're high movement, right? And so what we do in group class is 
a part of the big picture and what we program in group class, the variation trumps getting and learning the skill to the fullest extent, right? The variation trumps that in the group class programming. Now, if you were to take the CrossFit training alone and say how many movements are there, right? We can come up with a spreadsheet of the most common CrossFit movements, right? And those are there for us to practice, to do, and there is continuity on that. That'd be my, what do you got? Yeah, I believe that, yeah, I we filter through really the core, I call it the core 30 movement. And the the more consistent you are at coming, the more you're going to tap into those. I believe that some of the best CrossFitters are the ones that have been doing it the longest. Not because they've been doing it the longest, but they've been more consistent at touching those movements more often. But they still have kept their training uh, very uh, uh they have included a lot of variation. Now, variation and random are two different things. We sell variation for multiple reasons. One, for the general population, it's more exciting than our competitor, which is the commercial model, personal trainer, do just and try on Monday, back and buy and legs on Wednesday, take bro Thursday split. off. The bro split. And so we are a counterculture to that because we can make it more exciting. That's really fun. It's also, I think, in the beginning, initially really hard to master anything. We are trying to produce a well-rounded athlete at multiple different domains, 10 to be exact. And with that, we have to offer a little bit more change up. But it's within variation because we personally at our facility created a template to follow that encourages consistency and variation. Now, we also have a few guidelines within that, meaning if we're testing the back squat on Wednesday heavy, we're not going to do Wednesday heavy again, but we're going to do Wednesday heavy on Thursday again. And we do that for a couple reasons. One, if people are limited to not ever be able to come on Wednesday, we effectively reduce their ability to do back squats ever again in our in our training here. So we want to change that up, but we're still tapping back squats. We have, I would say, 10 movements that we are always tapping on a weekly basis. When we give it to you that week, that we can't promise, but it's there. Two, I, we've said this personally. This is my belief. I said this in the staff training. I believe after two years of CrossFit done this way, three to four days a week, even with our template, you, you have maxed out at current programming if you do nothing else but the programming. You're maxed out. Agreed. How do you get better exactly what you said? That He's assuming that like our, his expectation because he's new, is that the group class is the end-all, be-all. That's crazy for me to say. I do not believe the group class is the end-all, be-all. I think for the general population, for what they're trying to do, which is achieve a above-average level of fitness and hold on to that as long as they can, what I call lifelong fitness, it's uh, steady, improved fitness over time without injury or very minimal, that's what they need. For the other ones like us, the people in the open that are like, Hey, the open is not the end. It's the beginning. Beginning to what? To getting better, doing the app, asking questions, doing skill sessions, coming early, going after. Those are the add-ons, the supplementation to the group training. So if that's your meat and potatoes, you need to tap onto some other things, add some spices in there, throw in some butter, do some other things like that to really tap into that. And that part has to be customized. 
the inclusive nature, I'll go back to you, the inclusive nature of group programming is that. It's inherently flawed. We're making a program for everybody. And to do that, you can't, you can't specialize. Mm -hmm. But we can if we use the group training, all-inclusive, keep and build a strong base, and then do the other things with the things that we find out and learn through the app, through the skill sessions that you need to do before or after class, you have a win-win. I agree. Do you think we answer his question? I mean, dude, I can't follow that up. Cool. Ne right, uh, next question. Well, we appreciate you. Uh, Thanks, Robert. So the next one asked to be anonymous. She did? Yeah. Okay. And, uh, yeah, we, I guess we just got to be careful on name dropping on the podcast. Bro. All right, let's scribble that one <laughs> before I accidentally do that. Go ahead. So she asked, how do you suggest I have abs and friends? Laugh out loud. I can get in the top two abs, but struggle with the bottom four. Be bottom four. Besides nutrition, is there any other way, any other way at all to reduce the lower abdomen fat? Ay, 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 ay. I don't know. Is this a joke? This is a joke. No, 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 okay. no, 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 no. All right. Let's, let's, let's have a crack at it. So, I mean, I don't know. I think obviously one, she recognizes how important nutrition is and she Almost can't answer the question. Yeah. And she just can't figure it out. I would say that she's probably so overwhelmed with all the research and stuff that she's tried that nothing has stuck enough to produce results. She either hasn't followed it the way it was written out. The program wasn't the right program for her, given her current capacity and current body fat. Uh, or she didn't quantify it. it because at the end of the day, even if you said I tried a, a real food diet and you created your own real food diet, you already lost. We are not creating any diet here. We do not do that. We are not experts. We are not doctors. We are not dietitians. I know certain protocols that work better for others than most. All diets are a fitting of three different things. What are they? Whole foods. Or real food. Yep. Real foods. Um, calorie counting. And macros. and macros absolutely they are and or a combination all they did is fucking excuse me they called it the spartan diet the keto the paleo. Ke whatever they are one or a, a combination of those but people are jumping up the gun it's like me saying oh you like to snatch let's do 200 pound snatch today and i never even saw you do it with the pvc that's crazy but they uh, are missing it. So um, what I'm trying to say is we haven't found the right nutrition program based on her current experience and or body fat. Why do I say that? She clearly is lean enough to get the top two, but not the bottom four. So she's not completely overweight and she's not too far off from her goals because she's starting to see it. I know that what she says with as many body fats as I've done in the last 15 years, that she's sitting at 20 to 25%. Absolutely, I am confident of that because I know what that representation is of 20 to 25% body fat on a woman. And it's where you start to see the crease of the top two. For her to get down to see more abs, she has to reduce body fat. For her to see a four pack, if she's not sit a four or six pack, if she's not sitting at 12 to 15%, she will not see it. She cannot do enough abdominals to overcome the adipose tissue sitting at the top of that belly by the way why in the hell at the bottom of the stomach is it the hardest to lose why do you know why there are adipose tissue that sit at the belly but are uh, at the abdominal region that stores literally stores energy in the form of uh, carbohydrate and fat the best 
the best around the whole body. Like, think about it. Like, when someone's overweight, like, it doesn't, like, all the fat doesn't sit in their arm. The majority of the fat is in their belly. There's a different adipose site. So it's always going to be the last to go. That's number one. Two is she needs to find a way regardless of the program that she's doing because we have no baseline, right? Even if I just tell her to eat better, it doesn't work. Eat better how? How do I quantify that so I can have a checks and balance in place for her to use as a marker? Two, she didn't tell me where the body fat is, so she obviously does not doing her body fat. This idea of using I feel better, my energy is great, those are great for about a month. But after that, if we don't have quantifiable measures that we can test, reassess over and over every 8 to 12 weeks, we are both wasting our times and frustrated. Yeah, you know, I kind of can go a different route. Just, I mean, I agree 100%. Your body fat percentage is the number one priority on what you need to focus on lowering to show that uh, the lower abs. However, there's some movements that can strengthen, right? Strengthen and um, and build, and, and it's any type of leg variation, but that does not trump at all. No matter how many abs, lower abs movements you do, it's not going to show up your body fat percentage. So let's assume your body fat percentage is low enough to where if you do some excess volume of abs, they could show. You know, that that'd be that could kind of um, – I wouldn't say disagree with your opinion, but for sure I do feel like there is – an excess in volume you could add into your ab training that they can show on a higher body fat percentage. Uh, we can agree to disagree. Now, if we're arguing a few percentiles, sure. That, of course. Absolutely. Of course, but, of course. So, listen, uh, here's an example. Say I... Could she sit at 30% body hell fat? Hell no. Okay, could hell she no. sit at hell 25%? No. 25%? You would have to see her belly if she's at 25%? Okay, from a personal standpoint, right? If I am currently at 11% body fat. Not you. Okay. Okay. Okay, I got it. I see okay. what you're saying. And I have six-pack abs. Okay, I'm just spitballing numbers here. You can't. I'm, I'm just spitballing numbers you here. You can't. I like it. At, okay. At 10 to 12%, I know I'm going to see a six-pack on a guy. 10 to 12%. Okay, so I'm at 12% doing no abs. Okay? Okay. Or right, doing... My abs are showing. Okay, you're dieting, not dieting, whatever. You're sitting at 12%, whether you're dieting or not, fair. Could you see more abs stronger at 12% if you did more abdominal work? Is that what you're asking me? Yes. Absolutely, 100%. And, okay, and after this whole series of increasing my ab volume, the second time around, say, uh, I, whatever, gain weight for whatever reason, and I'm up towards 13 14% after a long sure. uh, series of high-volume ab training, my abs are going to show a lot better this time around since the volume was there. Sure. So the, the body fat percentage definitely has to be low enough to show. I agree with you on that. Absolutely. But there can be some fluctuation to where it shows more at a higher body fat percentage. I agree. And so the problem with this is exactly what we're talking about with coaches and with athletes in the workout tracking and the whiteboard. Nothing, we are going based on assumptions and any coach going based on assumption is going to fail you. Any athlete going based on assumptions is going to fail because there's nothing in research that is the stupidest thing in the world. 
because there has to be numbers. So now this conversation with you and I would be 10 times more uh, confident and quantifiable if she came to us and said with numbers with numbers the diet she follows how long she's been doing it how many times she's been retested what type of body fat remember the coaching seminar we did about the four different types of body fat testing she goes oh yeah i do my body fat every week at my home and it's on my scale and i step on and it tells me my body fat that's a shitty body fat machine why aren't the doc if that's a good body fat machine why aren't the medical doctors using it right mm -hmm. no let's do a legitimate body fat test and let's use that. And by the way, let's do it here. So I actually know for real and confident that this is your body fat. But when a lady tells me she wants it, she comes in, Brett. We've had this combo a million times. Let's pretend we didn't have it. She comes in, Brett, and she says, I, um, yeah, what are some of your goals? Well, I just want to lose about 50 pounds. And I'm looking at, no, I want to lose 20 pounds. She's like 10% body fat. I'm like, where? Where are you getting that? Like, where does that, oh, because like, you know, 10 years ago, that's when I looked really good. I'm like, no, let's get on the scale. Let's check your body fat. Let's use the calipers. And then we come up with numbers because your weight has a direct correlation to your body fat. Your body fat has a direct correlation to your weight, meaning 30% means I'm 30% body fat. Okay, what? How much weight you got to lose? I don't know. What's your weight? Opposite. I weigh 200 pounds. Okay, what's your body fat? I don't know. Well, shoot, I can't tell you if you're healthy or not because I don't know. They are. They need them both. It's like talking about, oh, I'm on a macro diet, and they don't know that like at some point it's a fixed calorie, whatever the macros is. And by the way, if you're on a calorie diet, there's a macro. There's macros in there. You're just not looking at that. It's what are you looking at? We need them both. I agree. Absolutely. So. Two is I would say let's let's answer this with both of these as a win-win. One. Do your body fat. How far is it off from 20 to 25%? Brett and I both agree that if you're not even close to 20, 25%, there's not enough abdominals in the world that you can do. We do your body fat. You're sitting at 20 to 25%. There are solid exercises that you can do to get that pop, right? That, that thing to come out. 100%. But if you're at 30, 35% body fat, my friend, please stop wasting your time with abdominals. It's not going to do anything. All right. I like it. All right, next question. Last one, uh, just because we're running out of time. I'll ask you. You yeah. ask me. How to discipline yourself. Marlo asked, how to discipline yourself to create the momentum and continue committing to your goal and not get sidetracked with the daily routine of life? So as far as an actionable step you can do right now would be to set the time, set the time aside that you know you can do consistently, whether that is waking up a little bit earlier or doing it when you know you're free. Um, you have to set that on the calendar just like any priority you have in life, whether it's work, whether it's family. This Your training hour of the day needs to be on the calendar and it needs to be on your routine along with everything else you have going on. Yeah, I think at this point, routine and calendar should be synonymous. Like if someone says, what's your routine? I don't walk out of the house with my, my wife telling me what's on the calendar today. That's our routine. Why? Because I don't need surprises or I don't want to hope that like I'm just it's going to be a good, solid, controlled day. I want to try to control my day as much as possible. To Consistency. The Two is the opposite. If you're stressed out, it's because you feel like you got a lot going on until you write it on the paper. That happened to my wife the other day. She's like, man, I got so much stuff day. going on. Yeah, I got so much stuff going on. I can't. All right, let's write it down, bro. Honey, let's write this down. Okay, I got this. I'm going to pick them up from here. You're going to do that. She looks at it. She's like, that's not that bad. 
and and so one is go figure we need to quantify it do it one day at a time i think that's why i don't like meal planning seven days and it's just too much it's more stress for me to meal plan seven days in and out than just to do one day at a time two i the first thing i noticed brett was so he's working backwards like think about this how do i discipline myself to create momentum for a goal that i have i think it needs to be backwards i think he needs to think like Discipline over motivation. We say that motivation in the beginning is excitement. Has. Everyone's got it. Same with the workout app. Uh, my concern is six months from now, what's going to happen to those guys are highly motivated. They better, we better develop discipline, routine and habit. Like you said, like, it's just like the way you get on social media, you should get on your app coaches every day to like build that as a habit and a routine. I don't believe like whatever goal it is, right. It goes back to, we're assuming like what his, what is his goal? What is it? Because like for me, like if he's, if the goal is solid enough and he's just working off discipline, he's been doing it for a while. If he's coming in here and he doesn't even like took advantage of some of that high level motivation he got developing a really good goal in the beginning, it probably wasn't a solid goal or not something we can quantify or like you said, probably something that he had the potential to put on the calendar and he hasn't. And so I would sit down like that was the big email I sent out to our members, which was like, what's your why? Like, why do you why do are you doing this, it? bro? To get your ass up at 5 30 in the morning just to have that's not enough man because when that motivation which is already like half the week i'm not motivated to wake up at 5 30 you better have something deeper man you better have something deeper because it's, it's going to keep pushing you and so i think that he needs to think about like his thinking backwards what go back to the goal what is it that you want what what excites you about it why do you think that achieving that goal is going to make you happy because by the way, if you do achieve that goal, awesome. But you know what's going to happen? Like the excitement and the happiness came through the process of getting to that goal. And then you hit there and you're like, oh, shit, what do I do now? Right? That was me. I lost. It took me six months to lose 30 pounds. And now I'm lost, bro. Mm -hmm. I told you. How many hours did I work out in the last 30 days? One total hour and not even a one hour group class in total. That's 10 minutes here with an imam, a 10 minute kettlebell swing workout like because I have nothing, I have nothing. We talked about doing that competition and we can't confirm, so I can't get my head right yet. And I, what's my goal? And so I'm here pansing ass around, running in circles. And because of that, I haven't lost any weight. I don't feel any fitter. I'm starting to feel like my energy's getting low. I better get on, what's my next why? What's my yep. next why, man? Yeah, and then after you go back to the drawing board and determine this, the next step you need to take is something small that you know you can be consistent with uh, I call it mini wins, right? A lot of people fail one. because they try to go from zero to hero. They got They try to go from where they're at, a dead stop, standstill, not doing anything, losing motivation on the downslope to snap their fingers and they reach their goal. No, what can I do right now that gets me closer to this that I can do tomorrow, that I can do the next day, that I can do the next day and just build up the consistency and... Uh, Momentum is something that is built over time. You don't snap your fingers and have it, right? It's something you have to do consistently. And if the goal is to build momentum, you go back to the drawing board, you determine your why, you reevaluate why you're doing this, why you're prioritizing this, and then do small, mini wins over time and don't let anything in the way. Yeah, and I would leave it like, so he says he keeps getting sidetracked to the routine of life. Life doesn't get easier. I told you that like I wouldn't go back to where my life was 10 years ago, but when I complain about how hard my life was 10 years ago, it is 10 times harder now, 10 times harder. And 
like I'm not hoping it gets easier, Brett. That's not like I think he feels like he's looking for some type of discipline that's magical, that's effortless, that makes life easy. Life is like where did we fall for that lie that like like we get mad when it's just not going our way or that in our mind we wanted to go a certain way and it didn't. Like who said it was supposed to go that way in the first place? What I'm what what I want him to understand what I want Marlo to understand is like life is hard. It absolutely is. I believe that's the mentality we should take so that we become tougher individuals. We don't hope that life gets easier. We hope that we get tougher. And so the discipline is enough to manage it where you don't feel like you want to kill somebody sometimes. But like it's never going to like feel easy. I can't tell you where I had a whole week where everything went easy. And if I was trying to pretend that I'm hoping for that day to come, when there's no, nothing comes up that I didn't expect. Uh, I'm supposed to be working office hours and somebody walks in and I have a, uh, I give them 30 minutes of my attention and now the office hours are dead. And I'm mad about that. Why? Because somewhere in my head, I said, this is where I'm going to have a quiet hour and I don't get it. Where, who in the hell came up with that? And so can we, for me, it's one to get tougher, not to be like that you can be tough and live like a homeless man. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying obviously there has to be some something manageable long-term where it doesn't feel like you're, like I told you, I had to work 11 at night for the night for five weeks of the open. That's crazy. But I had to do it. I had no choice. Let me get tough while I'm doing it. I think that he should also think about just recognizing this is fitness. Like when they get in the middle of the workout, I'm still surprised, dude, of 10 years later. I'm looking at him halfway through a 20-minute email. and 10 minutes in. They're looking at me like death. I'm like, dude, why are you surprised that you're getting tired? That's the whole point. That's the whole point. It is. Without struggle, there's no growth. So we, we need a little bit of that, but not enough to kill us. Build some habits. I have to plug the five-week challenge. The five-week challenge I think it's a perfect plug. is a perfect combination to what we're looking to do i've seen every terrible challenge in the world because it is what a lifestyle challenge right versus them trying to sell the nutrition and create all these crazy point systems about nutrition oh and you have to do it all five weeks to get the points and if you don't but if you have a cheat and you do this cheat this way you get this point but if you want to cheat and do it that way you get that point point. and I, it was so complex and two you couldn't call it a lifestyle challenge if you weren't encompassing other factors of life and we knew that the first two here obviously are fitness and nutrition they have to be in the lifestyle challenge for what we believe uh Three is I felt like how do we connect? I think happiness comes through connection. It's what we talk about, community of like-minded individuals seeking uh, separate goals of health and fitness. And so we put a relationship uh, piece aspect in there. And then we also put a reflection. I'm huge on that. People don't reflect enough. They don't have enough time or they don't see the purpose or they think it's too flu-flu. And so we wanted to take all those stereotypes uh, away from it. And we made it more exciting because we – the challenge is five weeks, but in those four categories, the challenge changes every seven day. You do the fitness challenge today, or the fitness challenge that week is for all seven days. You do it that day, you get a point. You don't, you don't get that point. The nutrition, here's your challenge, really basic. I don't know, cook dinner tonight. You cook dinner tonight, you get a point. Wednesday, you didn't cook, you went out, you don't, get it's that simple. So in theory, a perfect score for each category, seven, 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 14, that's 28 points. Is someone going to get a perfect uh, score? Absolutely not. It's impossible. We made it impossible to help them recognize exactly what we said. What makes you think it's going to be easy and you're supposed to get a perfect score? I've never had that. Nope. 
I've never had that. And so we keep changing the challenges every week for five weeks to keep it exciting, but keep this simple system there. We threw in bonus points of equal, of scale of more time to equal time, like uh, donate clothes to a charity and receive a point. Read a 150 page book on fitness or nutrition and write a pair uh, a 500 word essay and get five points uh oh i don't even want to say it it's yeah, so I mean, oh, yeah i don't I mean, want to say yeah, it. I don't say, it. I don't say it. you're like a linky right, faucet right sorry, now sorry man. sorry sorry i right. said we were saving the details later no but at the end of the day to sum it up it, it's a lifestyle challenge right we are shooting to improve aspects in your life all around we're not just trying to get you to eat better we're not not just trying to get you to train harder do more right we're not just trying to improve your relationship at home we're doing it all right and that's the whole that's the separator from everything else is the multiple components and the way it fits for you to implement you know on your own in your lifestyle no matter what you got going on and that's the beauty of it yeah man and we're we're just trying to continue to get creative uh about the programs and services, right? I think that's our responsibility. If we're gonna call ourselves a fitness gym, we need to continue to offer solid programs and services to meet the needs of our clients. We believe that the projects that our coaches have launched from the workout tracking app to the five week look good, feel good lifestyle challenge to the warehouse gym coach educational series, we are creating that ecosystem to get people to understand. It's just not like about getting a good workout. Like I say all the time, you want to get, go to boot camp, bro. You've been killing that voice today. Yeah. Like, dude, you want a good work? Go to boot camp. <laughs> I'll yell at you in the mic just like this and we'll party. No, get but, your if, quarter squats but if you legitimately want to get fitter, if you legitimately want to get fitter, it has to be something something quantifiable that we can continue to grow over time. We, it's the perfect, it's the perfect job security for me. You will never fully arrive at your goals because as soon as you hit them, I hit you with another one and another one. It is indefinite for the rest of your life. If you actually discipline yourself to do it consistently and do it wise under the right coaching and program. Boom. Peace out. Much love. We'll see you guys next week. Super excited about this. Yeah. Now we're back in action. We'll be all systems go and uh, keep bringing you the fire. Keep tuning in. See you next week. Thanks. Bye.